Before the Arnold, before the franchise, there was a predator, and there was prey. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Was it a good idea to name this movie not Predator anything? I don't know, honestly. I don't know. I mean, it's Hulu's biggest release ever, but I still don't know if it's a good idea or not. Yeah, the title is an interesting one. Um, I I haven't decided whether I like it or not. (laughs) Oh, the title? The title. The title. Just the title itself. Um. I like it because it's a spin on it. I'm just like thinking from like a marketing standard. Mm. Is it a good idea or not? See, I thought I had a different sort of expectation maybe because I heard kind of a little bit about the premise of it and it's called Prey. So I thought maybe like the predator was going to be hunted, right? Like in, in it, like hunted down. Um, and it's kind of like that, I guess. But I mean, Yeah, it is. I mean, that's our is. whole goal, right? Is to yeah. hunt him down. It is. It is, in a sense. Um, anyway, welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast, <laughs> the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing Prey. With me today is the one and only... Uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could say ugly alien himself, Alex. I was going to say joined by that cute doggo, Eric. Oh boy, the cute dog. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, we are releasing this episode, uh, Prey, a few weeks early, really, um, and it's really just as a preview of our next series. So this is kind of our official announcement of what our next series is going to be. It is going to be an Alien and Predator series. Usually, we save the the latest movies for last in our series, but this this time. We're starting with the new release. We're going to watch it and talk about it now. And then after we finish our Universal series, which will be here in just a couple of weeks, um, we will jump into Predator. Um, Actually, no, Alien. Alien is first. We're going to go chronological order through the Alien and Predator series, the good and the bad. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is. Alex has a few strong opinions about these. I have not seen a majority of these. So this is going to be interesting. This is like getting back to our Godzilla days where I've only seen or haven't seen any of them, Alex. Yeah, and I'm like, again, well. Super fan. I am, and I actually know more about these movies than I did Godzilla movies. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? This is what we should have started with <laughs> back when probably. we were calling you an expert. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not an expert here, but I do know more about these movies. <laughs> Than I did the Godzilla ones. Just a super fan. Just a super fan. (laughs) Um, All right. I think we have a lot to talk about, though. So let's just jump in, okay? Let's do it. As a director of another franchise-esque film, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Dan Trachtenberg takes on an even bigger franchise with Prey, the prequel kind of standalone kind of Predator film. Now, as someone who is vaguely familiar with the franchise as a whole, I honestly wasn't drawn into the franchise elements, 
but I was drawn by something else. How do you think the film entices audiences who may not be familiar with the Predator franchise? It's an interesting question. I, I, I think the film really entices more people from outside the fran- like the love of the franchise, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. by being this kind of back-to-the-basics monster movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel complex from the outside, you know, and the timeline is set earlier than any of the other films, so it's clean of continuity. You don't have to know what happened in any other movies to know this one. And then, kind of, you know, the intrigue of how in the world these people standing a chance against an intelligent alien who has a super futuristic sci-fi weapons arsenal. You know, I think that's kind of quite alluring. The, the the trailers in particular lead to a lot of mystery. I love that this film treats the Predator as though it's the first time it's being seen. You know, we, we hide it for a long time. Even, we, we mostly obscure it with uh, the cloaking device for quite a while, which I really appreciate. And, you know, the, the Predator series has always been these films, kind of a David versus Goliath scenario. But this time, for first-timers especially, like, the, the David in this scenario is quite obvious from a visual perspective. It's, it's, it's a smaller girl, whereas Arnold mm-hmm. is this giant man, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And the other side of it is that we kind of go back to the basics for the fans as well. We're going to the outright wilderness again, just like the original movie, which most fans will probably say is their favorite Predator film. Yeah. This sets up a film that I feel like initially looks great, like a great initiation into the franchise, and it is, but also it's a great return to form for longtime fans like myself as well. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting return to form that also kind of subverts some things, but in a respectful sort of way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I think what entices me is the fact that this is a standalone story, right? I could watch this film. I've only seen the first Predator film, and if you told me the plot, I couldn't tell you anything besides the fact that there's Arnold in it and the Predator, right? <laughs> so it's really pretty much going to be watching it for the first time whenever I do watch it. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it is. But I just love that this is a standalone story. You know, there aren't a ton of Easter eggs. This isn't relying on nostalgia. There are some, right? But they're more about the production, I think. And there's but, and there's actually just there there are things that are in Predator Two that are in this. But that's yeah, all right, I'm right, right, right. <laughs> but but those are really completely unnecessary for the story as a whole. But beyond that. This is also a great film to look at. I, I just appreciated some of the quiet scenery scenes in the beginning of this film, especially the first half. Um, and there's also interesting relationships. You've got the relationship between Naru and her mother, and especially between Naru and her brother, Tabe. Um, they're just intimate and meaningful relationships, even in the relatively short interactions that we see between them. So yeah, I mean, overall, this is an enticing film because it contains both good filmmaking and good characters. And on top of that, we've got a whole lot of Predator action, especially in the latter half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, that Predator action is, it's something else. Mm-hmm. I was so glad to see the strength of the Predator on full display because oh, a yeah. lot of times we, we don't get a great representation of how strong the monster is. We know how capable his weaponry is, 
Um, we know these types of things from some of the other movies, but his strength is we know he's strong, but to see him go up against that bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is such a cool moment when he's actually like tussling with it. But then when he gives it that one punch at the end to just <laughs> knock it out and then he lifts it over his head. What a visual of that mm-hmm. thing just bleeding all over that invisible predator. It's so awesome. And just like a, an, a moment of awe, which Naru shares as well. She's yeah. just sitting there like, holy cow. And then we get the awesome moment with the French, where you see this thing hopping from tree to tree. And in the, the films, you typically don't get to see the hopping. But to see it, the, the physicality of this thing... In such a clear way, the action is clear. There is no choppiness to it. You know where everyone is at every moment, where their hands and legs are. I, I love this. Like We are so far away from the Bourne movies <laughs> in terms of just not being able to see what is happening. Um, I really think that it works uh, really well overall. And then we get to our, uh, we get to our finale, which... Again, is overall, I, I really like it. Um, my only complaint about the finale was probably something that was left on the editing floor, if I had to guess. Because this, this movie has a lot of visual storytelling. But this one element of the visual storytelling wasn't present in the film. And it kind of leads me to a little bit of confusion. And that's with the helmet. So what are the rules with the helmet and the eyesight that mm. it tracks, right? Because he gets ready to fire it, not having a helmet. Does this thing fire without the helmet? And if so, does it do it by sight? Or does he have to be within a certain proximity of the helmet? Or is the range of that thing, like, eternal? And if he fires that thing, it's always going to track it. So the, the rules of the helmet are a little weird and I didn't quite, I, I like that. That's the way this film finishes is it kills it, but the rules with the helmet and the laser sight and the uh, distance from predator to helmet before that thing <laughs> is activated mm-hmm. is questionable. So it's almost like, how did you know that yeah. it, would, it would work at, at this certain distance? Right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. if he's like, you know, like, I know my Bluetooth only goes a certain distance, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I That's don't know. That's probably what powered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's not a huge sticking point, but it is something that when it happened, I was like, ah, it didn't feel quite right. Yeah. Um, but do you I, think that you think that helmet has built in speakers or not? <laughs> it probably. No, I don't think it does because his helmet only covered the face. Now, future yeah. generations. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. Um, which is also something that I like about this film. This is a more primitive predator compared to what we get later. Um, mm. I won't go into it too much since this is our first movie of our series, but I like that its technology is more primitive than what we get later on. Mm. Uh, and then the other thing is you get to see them. There's this, uh, there's this fight scene. And I think this is my, probably my favorite moment of the film is there's this fight scene between the Predator and it's like three alive members of the tribe that are taking Naru home forcefully. And you get to see them have this chance at maybe beating it. I mean, you know they're not going to beat it, but 
they're they're dodging all these swipes. They're they're getting some good swings in themselves, and it feels like a really elegant battle. Actually, I, I couldn't believe how long they were lasting against this thing. Now, eventually, they do get overpowered, and yeah. they're dodging. They don't quite have the probably the stamina that this thing does to fight, and they get brutally <laughs> brutally killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I love this this type of thing, and I think that this kind of leads me into how much I like the visual storytelling in this oh, yeah. movie. And that I, I think it should have leaned into it more, but I wanna, I, I've been talking for a while. I want to hear what you've got to say about it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, my favorite their visual storytelling. You're absolutely right. Um, this isn't a film that relies too much on dialogue, which I love. Um, but I tell you, my my, my favorite scene uh, might be the scene of Tabe uh, Naru's brother riding the horse and taking on the predator. Yeah, that just felt <laughs> legit to me. Right, that spear that he throws, he has that like leaping throw into the monster's chest. Yeah. That's just an awesome shot and an awesome moment. And then prior to that, you've got to love the demolition of the French invaders. Yes. <laughs> both by the Predator and then by Naru. I enjoy how the film sets these two up as counterparts, sometimes subtly and then other times more directly, like when Trachtenberg cuts from Predator sealing his wounds to Naru doing the same. Yeah. Uh, I, I also like the way that Naru uses the Predator to get her revenge, <laughs> right? That master plan at the end really was quite masterful, which to me is something that you've kind of mentioned before that you like Alex. It, it wasn't the brute strength that wins the day. Uh, that probably would have been impossible. It was the solid plan. Yeah. Yeah. She executes it pretty flawlessly, you know, and, and I might have a couple of minute problems with the finale. You know, I mentioned that the, the laser, but there's also the, another issue that maybe on rewatch I'll catch, but I don't think Naru saw the predator use the shield to cut that guy's head off. I don't think she saw that. So I don't know quite how she knew that he was going to do it to her. And she kicks up and puts her head between the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could have been an oversight on my part. Um, and again, it might be kind of nitpicking because you could say that she's trying to escape anyway. Yeah. And yeah. she just got lucky. Yeah. Um one thing I, I do wish that the film did, though, and I kind of mentioned, like, I love the visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. I wish we had less dialogue. Mm, wow. Yeah. I think it could have been less, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of it in here. And I honestly, I don't have a problem with the language of this film. I understand that if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a movie like this, then you're going to need the characters to speak English or else your numbers aren't going to be the same. The download. This wouldn't have been the most downloaded whatever movie, and then you wouldn't have had probably the next movie. You probably wouldn't have had Prey too, right? Mm-hmm. But because they had English in it, look what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that's just the long and short of it. That's just business reality, right? This would it have been better in all Comanche? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, honestly, because they they mm-hmm. did a little bit in it, and then they would go into English, and that felt mm-hmm. weird. I feel like they should have stuck with one. Mm-hmm. And not interspersed a little bit just to give like that little wink and a nod. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there is the dub for people that want it. I don't know why you would watch a dub of a live action movie, personally. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it is like, you know, the the, the native language. I, I just don't know why you would do that. Yeah. But I think that the 
opening moments show a really cool vibe. You know, there is no speaking before the title card. Um, and it's very mood setting. It's awesome. Uh, you get to see the, the wilderness and then also the, the predator entering the atmosphere. It's really cool. And so I think if you just you could cut most of the dialogue, you could probably cut all of it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you could cut most of the dialogue and be totally fine in this film. Um, now, the opening, uh, I've mentioned, like, we haven't really talked a lot about the characters, like, in their mm-hmm. personal interactions. You mentioned some highlights for them. I think they're serviceable, but maybe nothing to write home about except for Tabe. Um, yeah. Naru's good. She's, you know, I've seen complaints online that it's, she's a Mary Sue character. I think that's absurd. This is a Mary Sue character. People have been saying Naru is a Mary Sue character. Which is what? It's just a character that does everything right. I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. It's a character that doesn't do anything wrong and is always right about everything. I don't think that that's quite the case for her. Um, I, I, Anyway, I'll, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> but but uh, I do think Tabe is actually very interesting. You know, yeah. Well, just because of his interactions, the, the he just has more depth because of the things that he does. You know, mm-hmm. he he lies, he admits uh, a wrong, he sacrifices himself. He just has so much more. He, he has a, he's a very prideful guy, and he feels mm-hmm. real. We all know someone kind of like like Tabe. And then we get the French, you know, just great bad guys. Who doesn't like the French being bad guys? You know, then we get, I guess maybe we should probably hit on the message of the film. Very on the nose, I guess, depending on how you look at it. The setting of the film, I think, maybe alleviates a little bit of the the commentary that it has. A little bit. I, w- I would have, in terms of this story and how they handle Tabe... I th- actually think that him and Naru's character could have benefited more if Naru hadn't actually wounded that cougar. Mm-hmm. That she actually took that L. Mm-hmm. And that Tabe was able to pull it off. Because Naru still is going to have the exact same journey afterwards. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's still going to go after the Predator. She's still going to beat the Predator. I think it would have been cooler for her to take that L and use that as an even more of a push to win. And I think Tabe coming clear, coming clean about that actually kind of hurts hmm. the film just a little bit uh, with its messaging. Like it just, it kind of, I think it, it lessens the characters just slightly, just slightly, but enough for me to feel like I need to comment on it <laughs> here. Yeah, right. And I, I think it actually maybe even hurts the message a little bit. And just be verges on just becoming a little too. Hmm, what's the best word? It's not preachy. I, this film isn't preachy, really. I wouldn't quite it's not a say. Preachy film. No. But it's it just would have softened it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it could have softened it and made the message a little more pliable, which is the mm-hmm. way I like my messages. The other thing that I also noticed uh, that uh, my gripes are over, but one of the cool things I did notice at the end of the film, mm-hmm. uh, and knowing the history of the predator, so. At the end, did you see the very end of the animated I did. credits? Yeah, okay. I did. The end, it, it, the, I like that the they they kill this predator and it's this proving it, it's it's this proving moment for her, right? And then in the animated credits, it shows the ships coming in. Now, people, it's, unfam- just, gonna, it's just setting up a prey too. 
Well, probably not. It could, but I doubt it. The, the ships coming in are kind of ominous for people who don't watch a lot of, haven't seen the rest of the Predator movies. But to me, and it could be ominous because it depends on if it's a different, there's different species of Predator and stuff, so they can get even yeah. worse and stuff like that. But they're very honorary, right? That's why they leave Naru alone. It's not mm-hmm. like some slight against Naru. It's just literally because she's not armed. Do they not attack her? Yeah, that's, right. That's yeah. all it comes down to. It's because they have honor. Yeah. Well, chances are those ships will come and pick up the Predator and take its body away. Mm. <laughs> but they could come and slaughter these people because yeah. there is an element of this movie that makes that a possibility because of a later movie. Mm. Um, but we'll talk about that in a few movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, I think I, I do like that they added that. I kind of hate that Hulu tries to make you miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I'm, that's no, a, I'm interested. Yeah. That's a streaming service problem, I guess. But, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. What about yeah, you? I'm interested. Well, I, I told you a couple days ago that I might have some unpopular opinions about this one. I, I'm curious what you think about this, though. I, and to me, these don't detract too much from the film as a whole. But they did make me uh, a couple of times. And, and, and it's this, all right? Okay. At times, the, feel, the film feels just too Hollywood. Like, I'm sure this film had like a diversity panel. Uh, and I know one of its producers, Jane Myers, is a Comanche American Indian. Mm-hmm. But to me, it still felt too... Hollywood. I mean, the overall story is just all a little too tidy. Uh, I'm not making this comparison to tick you off, Alex, I promise. But Mm -hmm. the aspect of this film, this aspect of this film, and this complaint that I have, it's the same complaint that I had about Love and Monsters. It's, It's the script itself that feels more generic than it should be. I mean, we're talking about the Comanche Indians here, Alex. There should be moments in their culture and their tradition that appall us as post-enlightenment new worlders and yet their tribe it just feels too familiar to me and even too secular right there's there's no mysticism here really but instead there's just this major focus and and here's the part with that is weird for me but there's just too much of a focus on gender roles which is fine right i like i never have an issue with this sort of thing but would this have ever been an issue with the Comanche Indians? Really? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be an anti-woke zealot here. Like far (laughs) from it. That's more your lane, Alex. Right. But I I did catch myself wondering, I'm like, especially in the first half of the film, do we need this tension based on gender? Why why do we have to have this, this gender tension here? I know that the Comanche Indians were a, a patriarchal society. And like, this is probably true. But what would have generated any sort of um, – it's just interesting. It's interesting to me. Um, when there's so many different avenues we could have taken, why do we need another story like this one? We've seen this story so many times in this way. I'm glad that we have Naru. Naru is a cool character. But the, the whole gender – exploration there's so many other things that we could have explored there's so much potential for interpersonal conflict here i mean we have the french invading after all but instead we get uh, another story 
that is about uh, a a girl who doesn't like the the <laughs> formal roles that that her society has placed on her, and so she's going to rise get, up against it. You get brave with a predator, <laughs> right? We get brave with a predator. It's like that. We we've seen this story before, yeah. right? And let's give her a dog too, right? Well, <laughs> let's give her a dog, um, and let's speak in English. And on top of that. And this this is part where I think it is unpopular. I, I am not a hundred percent sold on Amber Mid Thunder in her acting oh, <laughs> at I, all I, times. I think that that's actually a little reasonable. Actually, yeah, I, I didn't because really... it just goes to this Hollywood thing, right? It's like I, I see pieces of it. Pieces of it are great, honestly. Pieces oh, yeah. of it are great. I'm like, wow, that's some of the action scenes and what she does is great. But then there are just other little hints at it. Little hit. Like I just can see the American in her, right? Just like the modern American. And like that, it doesn't feel authentic. You know, it's kind of going for this period piece, but then there's just moments, little looks that she gives that just doesn't feel authentic uh, for a period piece type of movie. I know this is a sci-fi movie. It's not about the period piece. I get that. <laughs> I, I'm not being stupid. As I said, I really, I actually like this movie. I, I do. But those little things kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. There is a romanticization, romanticization of, golly, struggling with that one. Um, yeah. Of, of Comanche? Com- yeah, of the Comanche. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there, there is because there's no difference between us and them. No, right? Like, like that's kind of that's kind of. But it's like no. And I, I, I saw so I saw a thread uh, of a someone that was claiming to be Comanche, uh-huh. and like have a good idea of the history of oh, that, of the that tribe. Is curious. Yeah, and so okay. I was uh-huh. I was reading it, and mm-hmm. they're saying, well, like, no, we they wouldn't have been. Yes, women did a lot of the gathering and that type of thing, but they mm-hmm. also had to learn how to hunt because. Oh yeah the men would often die. Yeah, so yeah. someone else had to know how to hunt. So they wouldn't, yeah. they probably wouldn't have been down on her for hunting because exactly. they've I'm, got, why? everyone's got to know how to do everything or you're screwed. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's my thought too. It's like this, this, this conflict would not have existed in the way, like it's all filtered through a modern lens, right? I have no problem with the story. I don't, right? I, I, yeah. I'm okay with the message, but I'm just like, this isn't, this is all being filtered through a modern lens. You know what, do you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, what? Yeah. And I, I kind of understand your problem with it. Just from a, uh, you're taking problems from a modern lens and you're throwing it on a native American tribe that may not have had these types of issues. Yeah. And it's almost a problem in itself. By yes. doing that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I never thought of it until you said it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get your point. Yeah, interesting. So it's just, it's interesting to me. That's all, that's what I'm going to say. I like the movie. And but, we'll get to that in our final rating and rating. <laughs> I like the movie a lot. But it took me a while to get over some of those complaints. But once the, once the Predator action started kicking in, I was not thinking about those anymore. But it, it did, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, oh, no. There's there's something going on here that I do not like, and that's what it was. It's just really interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
it's almost I don't find it this way, but I guess you could I guess you could see it as being like kind of vaguely offensive in a way. I mean, yeah, if you wanted or, to go there, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I'd I'd have to ask like a you know, what seventeen hundreds Comanche Indian what they thought about it. Yeah. Or a historian. Yeah, that doesn't maybe. have a histor or doesn't have a romanticized view of the past. Maybe, maybe it's it's interesting, um, and not that like even if we got a more realistic view, it's not that we should be judging necessarily their old world style oh, of, no. of things. Definitely. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it wouldn't be recognizable to us in our modern lens, and yet it feels so recognizable because we've seen this story before. They are speaking English. The acting reminds me of like somebody that I know. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's all just kind of interesting. Interesting. That's yeah. the best word for it. No, I mean, I, I, they're interesting points and I don't think that they are without merit. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it does have merit. Huh? Our MVM Plus episode this week. Oh, it does. It does. We talked a little bit about Prey with our executive producer, Christopher Clavero. Um, we get into the weeds, of course. That's what we do on MVM Plus uh, and go a little bit everywhere. He tries to make his case for Godzilla 98 and we'll let you be the judge of whether he makes it or and, not. And, and I pivot him away from it about 30 <laughs> times. <laughs> you do. Uh, that's over there at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod where you can find that episode in our entire backlog of MVM Plus episodes. But we need to get into our awards, Alex. Compelling character award, who do you have? Got the Predator. Nice. <laughs> and it's not a slight against anyone else. Yeah. It's just because I the physicality and the movement of this thing is really impressive. And they use and they use like an actual suit and there's like very little CGI done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there is like when he's jumping from tree to tree and like types of things like that. But when he's on the ground, I mean, golly, he's awesome. And, and you want to know the history of this thing, right? His mass, we see him collecting the skulls and we finally see how he takes the skin off of a skull, which is awesome because it's not shown in any other movie. Mm. I don't believe, not that I can think of. So it was really cool to see how he actually does it. And then also, his mask is made out of a skull. And it's mm-hmm. definitely something he's hunted in the past that he formed into a into his visor. And then yeah. um, the design of it, you just like he oozes history, and yeah. you just want to know like what his background is because he also looks way different than our other predators that we've seen in the mm-hmm. other series, which is cool. It implies I don't know like there, there's different impl- implications with the predator creature. Yeah over time is that maybe they integrate other DNA into theirs. Maybe they do all these different things to become like the best hunter possible. Mm. So it's just really interesting because we see older technology here. He doesn't have a gun. He's got arrows. Yeah. And, um, but instead of a like laser cannon. And so I just, I, I just, I'm fascinated by the history of this thing. And I just want to like delve into some wikis about how, like <laughs> where oh, this sure. guy came from and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, part of what you said earlier, as I said, I'm not as familiar with the franchise yet until we finish the series, I guess. But um, one of the things I'm interested in is some of the values that a predator has. Like, yeah. like when we talk about the nonviolent or not the nonviolence, but like the, um, 
the honor, honor or the yeah the honor of of like not killing somebody that is unarmed right mm-hmm. there's something interesting there for me um because it's not a threat but there's something interesting there because it's like are there despite the fact that this thing is from the future does it have some old world sort of values that's another thing that i think this film could have done is explored kind of the values and it, we'll probably get this in other predator films but explore some of the values of the predator versus the values of this comanche tribe versus the values of this french uh invaders and it's all kind of tied together I don't really think we get an exploration of that. Um, we can imply it, but we don't really see it. Uh, yeah. But that could be interesting. My compelling character is Naru, though, despite what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because uh, we don't need to have that in order to have an interesting character. And I think she is interesting. Um, she uses her wit to win at the end. Um, mm-hmm. She has a lot of courage. She has a lot of grit. Um, she just has, I mean, the movie surrounds her and, and she is great in her role. Um, and she ends up being a, a hero and someone that goes through immense tragedy. So I, she's, she's tough to beat because it centers around her. Predator is a good choice, but I like Naru as well. And she also possibly dooms her tribe at the end. Well, it just depends on how you interpret that final moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yep. So uh, what about your most memorable line award? So I'll stick with Naru here. Uh, and it's at the end. and says, whenever uh, she's talking to the predator, she says, this is as far as you go. No more. This is it. I like this idea too. Um, what this, I, what this line kind of represents because, you know, her brother said it to her. Um Mm, yeah, you know, her brother said it to her right before he was going to die, and it's like this, this sort of, um, again, that guy goes to maybe a Comanche sort of value where you you have this certain time allotted to you, um, but that's the only time that you get right. Uh, there's something natural about that, which is really interesting, and something that I wish we saw a little bit more. But we do get glimpses of it, and this is a good glimpse, so I like that line. Yeah. Mine is a one of the callback lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naru delivers two of them. She says, "If it bleeds, we can kill it," which is nice. just a classic predator line. And then, of course, do it, do it now. <laughs> Did they say that? Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It, That's it, funny. It, it's different because Naru is saying it, and she's uh-huh. you know That's it, funny. it's inflected so different that yeah. Yeah, you, you don't even notice it. Wow, that's funny. Does this line? Does this movie have other parallels to like Predator or like is it the Predator story or not really? No, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. uh, Oh, are you wondering how similar it is? Well, I I guess I just need to watch Predator. We'll we'll get. You'll need to watch this. Yeah, they're they're pretty similar. I mean, this is this is back to basics. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's a little different, but yeah. Yeah. What about your can't believe the acting award? Um. Mine goes to Dan DeLiegro, who played mm-hmm. the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> but it honestly, it goes back to kind of what I mentioned earlier. That it's the physicality. It's the movement. It's the, I mean, he's terrifying. And the way he moves, he just seems powerful in every step that he yeah. takes. So this is this is an instance of like that, that actor behind the mask really doing a great performance. 
Nice. Um, I'm going to go with Dakota Beavers as Tabe. Good choice. Um, yeah, look, Tabe, I talked about kind of the authenticity of the, the thing. And Tabe, to me, is the most authentic character. At least it feels the most authentic character. Yep. And this is Dakota Beaver's only movie. Uh, I don't know much about him. I'm going to guess that he is uh, an authentic Comanche Indian. That would be I think, my guess. I think everybody in the cast is. Really? Yeah. Except for the French people, of course. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, but there's something about him, right? There's something about him that is he just felt real, you know, like uh, maybe it was the way that he was acting, um, but the performance is great. The performance is great. So I, I really got to give it up to him. Um, he was incredibly yeah. authentic. I think he's, I, I think he's going to have like a pretty stellar career. after this I, one. I hope so. This was his first film. I did look up, see if he had any other films. Um, he did it. The, the lead actress does um, Amber mid thunder. She, she has several other films. Um, but this was his first one. Yeah, I think you're going to see him start popping up a lot in the next couple of years. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot. Um, I had to do the predator in the wasteland. That's like the burnout area mm-hmm. where he's just standing there and the smoke's like surrounding him. And I mm-hmm. believe it's right before he starts walking towards all the guys with the guns. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's just so awesome and like terrifying. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> What about you? Mine are just any of the expansive shots behind Naru. This film actually is really shot well, um, I will say. But it's one of these these shots where we kind of get her walking through. We're getting her Lord of the Rings shots. I got you. Yeah. Oh, man. There's some great (laughs) Lord of the Rings style shots here. And and I can appreciate those. Um, Unique award this week, Alex. I think we have the same unique award and it's the most unique death. So (laughs) my most unique death is, I don't know why this one stood out to me because there are several great ones. I really like the, the net death, right? Oh yeah. That's Um, a good one. Where he shoots this. Well, he was just trying, the predator was caught in a net for a split second. (laughs) (laughs) was caught in a net. And then he shoots his own high-tech net at one of the Frenchmen that just captured him in a net. And the net, there's like a attachment that goes underground and just starts to pool. And the guy just basically disintegrates in this yeah. net because it's just pooled so tight. Uh, it is intense and pretty gruesome. It doesn't quite show us everything, but we see the remnants and it's not so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, what about you? Um... I, I want to give mine to. Uh, I mentioned earlier those three, uh, the three Comanche that are escorting Naru back. Well, you know, yeah. one gets executed immediately, then there's three left. And the last, I think it's the last one he kills. He's up against a tree and he stands up to fight. And he just like uppercuts and takes both of the guy's legs off mm. and then hits him again. <laughs> mm. And it was like, it was so brutal. It was awesome. I remember that. That was. <laughs> It's awesome. I'm over here cheering. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. That was that was rough. There's several there were several brutal ones though. So uh but those that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh let's do our our final thoughts and uh rating here. I'll go ahead and start. I think this is a really fun movie. Despite my small little complaints that really 
I can't get too caught up on despite getting caught up on them. (laughs) (laughs) I really can't because I I think this, this film does something interesting and it's, it takes a classic franchise and just puts it in a new time period and and, kind of sees, sees what happens. Um, It doesn't have to do anything complex. It doesn't have to rely on nostalgia to make it through the movie. It just gives us a pretty simple movie uh, with some really awesome action and puts us in a different sort of setting in a different sort of headspace. So I really like this film. I have a couple reservations, and so it doesn't quite get to that Godzilla tier for me, but it is a upper Gamera tier film for me. Uh, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, uh, for me, this is... Uh... I wouldn't say a nice surprise because it was pretty good, but it's definitely a nice surprise after the last Predator film that we got back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to have it echoing so much of the original Predator is nice. Um, you know, like I, I've said it already, but back to basics. Like this is, this was a good idea, making the Predator more primitive on top of giving us a 300-year-old setting and just really giving us something new while staying true to what the predator is. It was just Mm. such a great idea. And so Mm. I love how the action's handled. We get more, we get to see the predator more than ever doing what he does best. And oftentimes what's obfuscated by the, by the film and edited, we get to see him jumping between trees and all his, all of his gadgets, some old, some new. It's just a really for, for a fan of the franchise, it's just so good to see something like this. It's definitely treated right. I can't yeah. believe this guy has only done two movies. <laughs> and they've both been good. And they've both been stellar. And he's yeah. he's taken two franchises and that people didn't think could... Well, they didn't think Cloverfield could be done again. And they, he did something probably even better than the original. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. here, a lot of people think he did something that's the best of the franchise. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I quite agree, but it's up there for sure. And this yeah. is definitely a Godzilla tier for me. Nice. I, I love this nice. movie. I wanted to rewatch it right after I got done watching it. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I, I'm excited to potentially rewatch it when we get to the end of our series, because I think, you know, once my appreciation grows for some of the things that maybe I missed, I like it even more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as the films go on, the thing gets more gadgets, right? And all that stuff. And then some of them are brought back for this. Yeah. While also making him primitive. And so it's, it's, yeah, I I think you'll appreciate this movie in terms of the monster more Mm -hmm. after we watch the rest of them. Nice. Well, I'm excited. Uh, Next week, Alex, we're we're going back to Universal. Um, We've got Revenge of the Creature coming up. Uh, And then we're going to do... Uh, nope, and and have a review of that until we finish and round off our Universal series with The Creature Walks Among Us and a Universal Recap. I'm excited about those. I can't wait, and then I can't wait to get to our Alien and Predator series. It's going to be fun. Yeah, As fun. always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on prey at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join it this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. 
Executive producers are Faye Basir, Kevin Alexander, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which formed Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't... Hunt the Predator. Why would you do that? And try, <laughs> try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Like, I know my Bluetooth only goes a certain distance, but I don't know. You know, I That's don't probably know. probably what powered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that do you think that helmet has built-in speakers or not?